You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Doing a little Vogan right there. Doing a little Vogan. You kind of got me. I, I saw that. I, I know. saw that. Hey, welcome to you guys um, to the No Legacy Podcast. We are so happy you're here. Yes. Um, man, just a- as always, if uh, you, if this if you find this beneficial to you, if you could give us a rating, that'd be fantastic. If you could share it with your friends, that'd be great. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We are on the Facebooks. In the Twitter machines. And the, uh, we no, are, we're not on the Twitter. We are not on the Twitter sphere. We're on the YouTubes. We are on the YouTubes. Um, YouTube. <laughs> man, so if you could do that, that'd be fantastic. This is season five. We are so excited to be man, here. It is so good to be back. I know. It is so Episode good. two. I know. I know. Super pumped about seeing this. We're doing a few things different. So uh, yeah. some of the stuff you'll see different is we actually we're going to release one every Thursday. Yes. Um, and so it's not twice a month now. It's going to be every single Thursday we're going to have a podcast. So we're excited about that. And one of the new segments we're doing is you have a chance to submit questions and yes. we will answer those questions. And one of the questions that was submitted um, today was, uh, oh, let me see this real quick. It says, what uh, did you guys watch this summer? Okay. So we'll get to that in the hot take, which will be um, recorded and released next week. Yes, yes, yes. So, so we're going to ask a question every week. We expect you to email info at knownlegacy.org. Info with your at knownlegacy.org. And yeah, uh, you know. Bill, uh, tell us an uh, update on the book real quick. It's going good. Uh, just waiting on design stuff and finished product. Hopefully have it released the end of September, beginning of October. That's one of those fluid dates fantastic but we're looking for this year to get that book out all information at knownlegacy.org go there um, often bookmark it and uh, visit it because we update it once a year and so (laughs) you know you want to be there right when it updates highly impactful "Ah, this was it you know it's like grand groundhog day exactly very much like groundhog day exactly and uh as always we have a a big retreat coming up in uh, lone star uh camp lone star this year it's called uh, long shot ministry it's for guys and men, and it is a fantastic weekend, and Bill yeah. and I have a chance to speak there for year number three. We're excited. Which we're excited about. So do a Google, Google search on that. Um, register. It's in LaGrange, Texas. So if you're in the LaGrange. area, we'd love to see you. You know, and you can actually go to knownlegacy.org and get more info on that. Is it? It's in there. Just click Man. on the link for Longshot. You can sign up and actually come and come and gum you can gum. come you can come some of the best food you'll have and oh uh, gosh, there's a amazing shooting range that we go to and there's golf outings and there's a bunch of fun stuff that sleeping we so lots Fr- of sleeping. frisbee swimming frisbee <laughs> swimming yeah remember we had that guy we saw a guy last year jump in cold water i don't know i don't know what he was thinking Dude, but with the economy it is that, that 12 dollar frisbee is, is worth like it's 20 worth, bucks nowadays yeah it's worth no. the swim it's worth the swim so it is worth the swim anyways uh, we're excited uh today we're kicking it off with a special guest so bill yeah, why don't you yeah, yeah. introduce us to the special guest well before that one let you know uh check us out uh i know you talked about you know if, if you're interested and willing to be a part of, of donating or being a part of what we're doing to, to help the ministry of known legacy you can go to the knownlegacy.org side and you can donate there uh, your support matters because it helps us continue to do these things on a constant basis so um, and but for yeah. those who have donated, man, thank you so much. It is a fantastic blessing to us, and we say thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for listening. We know that yeah. there's no shortage of different podcasts you can tag into. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, so the fact that you would stop here and make this a part of your routine, uh, we really, really do appreciate it. Do us a favor at YouTube, like the, uh, uh, smash the like button on there and follow us smash so that we can see those, so we can start to stream live from there as well. Correct. Two old guys. 
Three old guys. That's how it goes. But yeah, I want to let you know, we have an, I'm excited about our guest today because this whole uh, season is about being bold and stepping out in faith. And this guy is the epitome of this. Um, John Mark Eccles is actually the founder of the Fields Edge. I'll call it a ministry. I know that it's more that Fields Edge cultivating home. Uh, the idea uh, really, and long story short, that he's going to share more, but it, it's essentially tiny homes to help the homeless get off the streets and really, but it's more than that. I'm going to let him share some more of that. So John, Mark, we are so glad to have you on today. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Actually, I'm going to say welcome. Yeah, thanks to, for having me. Welcome to you and your amazing beard. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, have you named your beard? Years now. <laughs> have have no, you named it? I've not named it, but I do have a, an ASL sign language sign uh, for a friend of mine. Uh, that is Jeff. He's given me this as my my name. That's awesome. <laughs> you have arrived. You have arrived, my friend. So if you would like to name the beard, info at Known Legacy, <laughs> or leave it a comment, and uh, we are submitting names for the beard if you would like to. That so believe awesome. it or not, I cut four inches off of it about a month what? ago. So That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have a picture? You might need to send us a picture of the longer beard just so we can I'll, know. I'll find one. Please, please yeah. do. Well, dude, share a little bit about, about your story because when we met years ago, I can remember, I mean, we're talking at least a decade ago, and this is long before this was even, uh, I guess, a thought, but I could see it already stirring in your heart, the passion for the homeless, mm. uh, the, mm. just the homeless community and wanting to help out. We had met, at, there was another ministry called uh, Church Under the Bridge where they would they would meet on, on, on a weekly basis to serve the homeless but then also do kind of a church service, and that's when we first met, and I was like, this dude has a heart for this, and I don't know how to change it. I, mean, I don't know what to say about it, but share your story a little bit from that point on, if you could, or just share your story. Let us know who you are. Yeah, I'll start just a little bit before then, because um, it, it really, that was the beginning of my, my walk with Christ. Um, I was a pretty new believer when I ended up at Church Under the Bridge and had um, pretty much gone my whole life thinking that I was a believer, mostly just because I was associated with the church in some way through my parents or something like that. Um, but as I went off to, to college, uh, I just left left all of that behind and went to the world really hard for a while. Um, so when I came back to Midland, really unwillingly, as most people do, uh, <laughs> I was I was I was miserable. I was I was probably in a, the lowest point of my life. Um, wow. I had gone through that tornado in Tuscaloosa uh, in 2011, and that ended my senior year at Alabama and sent okay. me home early. Uh, so I think that was something that in my story that the Lord has really used to, uh, to bring me to himself was that really difficult and terrible experience. Um, but so that got me back to Midland and, and really, um, brought me to a place where I had to face myself and Mm. realize that the way I was living was not good, uh, or healthy or anything. And, uh, I got super lonely because I was in Midland, but I didn't know anybody here yet. Uh, or, mm. or they, they had not come back from school or whatever. They were still out. So it was like being a stranger in my own town. Um, wow. so really what, what really amazing story would happen. I was at, uh, I was at the swimming pool with my friend who, uh, who was a roughneck and I only saw him like once a month and a little boy came over to play with us. And after a while, his dad came over and said, Hey, uh, you know, my name's Shane, and uh, thanks for playing with my son. And just want to tell you guys about this young professional Sunday school class over at the First Baptist Church, and you should come check it out. Wow. And uh, in in my in my head, you know, I, I was like, oh, thank you very much. But in my in my head, I was really just like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> um, not 
not interested at that, in that. I, just, I, I had this whole idea that all church people were weird and that, you know, it was just going to be not my scene at all because I was way too cool for that. Um, so anyway, I, after a few weeks, I ended up going uh, because I was just so lonely. And I thought, hopefully somebody here will be somewhat normal that I can hang out with. And I went and, of course, it was way better than I had imagined it would be and met some great guys really right off the bat that took me in and brought me into their men's group. And again, this whole time I'm thinking, well, I am a believer, but I kind of don't really need the church. And, you know, that's that's it's just mm-hmm. me and between me and God. Um, but it wasn't at all. Um, and so we got into a, a men's group Bible study and we were going through Tim Keller's Reason for God. And that's when I heard the gospel for the first time just clear as day and i was like wow this this news this good news is way better than i had thought it was Mm. um and so that's really kind of the setting to where uh i met my wife in that same sunday school class her company was involved with church under the bridge and that's how we got invited over there to serve the homeless um and truthfully growing up in midland uh for those that aren't familiar with with this area it's a it's a very well-off area. And, uh, I really did not think that we had homeless people to be honest with you. And so to find that there was a church that, that was just for homeless people, I was like, what, this is crazy. And at the time they were, they were, uh, McDonald's was hiring people for $18 an hour and picking them up from work. And I'm like, this just doesn't make sense to me that anybody would be homeless right now. And so it was a huge, uh, eye-opening experience for me to get even introduced to that dang well you know it's funny you mentioned that because i remember the more we've delved deep with those who who walk with those who are homeless it's not just a you're lazy it really isn't and and can you can you go into that a little bit because you mentioned like 18 dollars an hour but then why is there homelessness can you share a little bit about that when you saw that i mean i'm, I'm guessing it's part of the journey but share a little bit yeah. about that if you can dig into that a little a little, little bit more absolutely so i i show up to church under the bridge and I, I was a business major and so i'm kind of a fixer type person and i think okay well i i see that there are these people who don't have a place to live and in order to get a place to live they're going to need to you know get cleaned up get a job and some transportation and boom homelessness is over um <laughs> and and i was i was i was honestly like the chief uh naysayer when it came to homelessness i was like why why don't they just go get a job like it's just they're just they're just being lazy i was that guy um and so as i as i went to church under the bridge and met people i actually brought my dog with me because i just didn't know how to talk to people because you can't mm. ask them where do you live what do you where do you work what do you, all the yeah, small talk yeah. that we use is like it's just not there so my dog helped me break the ice and i really quickly just started to realize that they were they're living almost in a whole different like alternate universe uh, than mm. us in in a in a sense like they're in this survival mentality that you like they're so concerned with what am i going to eat next what am i going where am i going to sleep tonight that like long term planning is almost impossible mm. um and and just to recognize some of those barriers um pretty quickly as i got involved one of them is as simple as having an id if you if you don't have an id you're not going to be getting a job or staying at a hotel or anything um and then if you don't have a permanent address, it's real tough to get an ID. And so just that barrier alone is huge. And then out here in Midland, the, the transportation barriers 
is pretty big because yeah. we don't have a great we don't have a great bus system and a lot of the available jobs are out in the county and if you don't have a, a car you can't get there and so I, I started to realize that there were uh, things that um, that were barriers to people getting out of homelessness that a lot of times they felt like they had no control to change they felt yeah. powerless and so that's that was a huge eye opener for me is just realizing that it's not necessarily just a material poverty, but it's the fact that they feel like less than human. Yeah, I remember um, there was a, a guy I talked to who was working at a landscaping company and he was living in a tent on in a field a while a way back and that they tried to work with him. But they're like, we can't legally like it wasn't that they didn't want to. It's they legally couldn't give him a job without an I.D., and without to pay him legally and all that kind of stuff. And I begin to see the cycle of they can't go anywhere. You can't be like, you know, tent five on field eight, you know, like it just didn't. And I'm not trying to be facetious, but I'm saying like they, they couldn't, no one would let them in to have a place. And so, so, okay. So you, so you're starting there, you're seeing all this stuff at the, at, at church under the bridge. What sparked in you the step to make a change? What share, share that a little bit. Yeah, I will. And and just knowing that the theme is is boldness here. Yeah. Uh, I, my 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 story is is a little I don't know, I'd say unique, maybe not unique, but I think that the way the Lord has worked in in my walk with him is that he has has known that um that I I guess maybe I'm somewhat skeptical and have doubts and and all those questions and he's been super gracious to not uh necessarily uh, take me to just giant leaps. And what I mean by that is it's really looked like a lot of really small steps of faithfulness just along the way. And then all of a sudden we're somewhere else um, because because he's just, you know, been directing the path. So it really just began with us showing up at Church Under the Bridge every week mm. and building those relationships and, and making friends and trying to help where we could and making mistakes and getting taken advantage of and all kinds of things to mm. really... Um, really just continue to draw us in and, and so we were we served at church under the bridge for about three years before really doing much else um and and i was doing the night strikes so we'd go out in the winter at night when it was cold and check on people and bring them sleeping bags and all that and so during all that i was just growing relationships and and trying to learn about homelessness and i was still working in my career and everything was was great um uh, just never never really anticipated what would happen next but uh, after a couple of years, we uh, I got invited to our local homeless coalition to be part of that. And uh, as part of that, we were told about this place in Austin called Community First Village that had built uh, a tiny home community to lift homeless people off the street. And we thought that was exciting and really cool. So we went to check it out and thought, man, this is amazing. We need to have this in Midland. Um, and still at the time, though, I really did not think that it would be something I'd be doing full time. I thought, well, I, I've got my thing going on over here and I'll support this and I'll help and maybe I'll be the guy that gets rich and and throws the money at it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yep. um, but but that's not what happened. And um, and there's yeah, there's been there's been a lot of things like that along the way that that the Lord's just kind of continued to put small steps in front of me that. You know, it's 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 not a huge step. After after years of looking back, you see that he's taken you someplace that you never really expected to go. And that's yeah, where we I'm are right you. now. 
the uh, that whole uh, one small step at a time. Um, the yeah. the verse that we always go back to is, uh, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path." Yeah. And it's this idea that, yeah. like in my my American. Uh, I have flashlights and I love flashlights and, and, you know, I got flashlights that go, you know, 30 feet and I got flashlights that go three miles. And I think for so long in my life, that's how I interpreted that verse of like, oh, he's giving me a flashlight and he's going to show me the end of the destination. And you think back in the context of the day, it was like, no, 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 no. Literally, it was a little flame at the end of a lamp that literally gave you enough light. Yeah, it was a candle that gave you enough for the next step. Yeah. And so often, um, I find in my own faith walk, that's how God operates. That's his economy, man. He doesn't tell us the end. He says, I just want you to take the next step. And when you take the next step, then I'm going to show you the next step. So what was that like for you? Like, was there an internal battle um to step because that's a bold step to leave your career and become mm. the uh, the you know the the kind of point guy at this uh this little house development that you're you know putting in midland what were some of the internal battles for you what were the conversations with your wife um how how were you bold in those moments as well yeah uh man i gotta tell you it, it, the the way that it went down with my wife was was really incredible um uh, and and there's kind of a lot of stuff that was going on in this season of our life. We had, we had just built a house. We had just had our first baby. We were like settling in and my background, uh, I was, I was like a country club kid, private school kid, you know, totally oblivious to poverty altogether. My wife's story is almost the opposite. Like she, she grew up in poverty, grew up in, in families with abuse going on, all kinds of things. And so for her, um, and, and I will say like, she and I are doing this together. I'm just the guy that is the face right now because she's at home with our three kids and one on the way, but she's, wow. she's the, she's in this too. Um, but yeah, when I, when, when I was feeling, uh, the call to, to like maybe jump into this thing full time, I was really concerned with telling her because I thought she was going to be like freaked out by it because it was the first time in her life that she really had some really good stability. If that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, what happened was the way that progressed, my, my little brother was a geologist uh, in Austin and he and his wife tell our family that they're going overseas for missions. And we're all like, what? Wow. That's <laughs> such a crazy yeah. change. And everyone's freaking out. They, they ended up going to Southeast Asia for about five years. And um, oh, wow. so as, as that's happening, uh, we did one of the 24 hour poverty simulations uh, yep. here in Midland where I, I was on the street, you know, uh, going through that. And on the way home from that, I was, I turned on my podcast and it was just uh, the random one. And it was an Ash pastor John podcast. And it was the clip from don't waste your life, that famous sermon. And it just like totally convicted me all the way down. I mean, uh, you know, the premise being like, what, are, like, what are you doing with your life? Are you living for God or are you just, doing something frivolous by default almost. And I realized that it's kind of what I was doing. Um, I, I was just kind of going down this path that I thought that I was sort of expected to take. And uh, it was this real crisis where I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've been working towards these things and, and, and all that. And I've been, you know, having these plans and dreams and goals. And, and now I feel like that might be in question and the Lord might be moving some, some way else, but I don't know what that looks like. And so the first thing that we decided that that i thought we wanted to do was that we would just downsize our house uh that we would just live more simply and so that we could support this ministry effort more 
Um, because again, I didn't think that it was going to be my full-time deal. Um, and, and so the first topic of conversation we had was, was ha selling our house. And that was really scary for me to bring up to her. So, uh, like the bold man that I am, I texted her while I was at work <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I said, Hey babe, uh, can we, can we have a conversation tonight? I, I really need to talk to you. And she says in the text, do you think we should sell our house? What? And I said, that's crazy. I said, yes. And she said, me too. And what? That was it. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. And, and so I'm just like at work, like what is happening? Like this is, this is way, way beyond what I expected. And, um, wow, so that like fast forward from that, uh, I had gone down to this tiny home community in Austin, saw it. It was great. Met the people. And I get this email from them that they're going to do this four month missional internship thing that really would be designed for somebody like in college or coming out of college with no kids and no responsibilities and all the stuff where you would live on site there for about four months and train and work and all this stuff. So I thought, well, that's really neat, but there's no way we could do that. Um, I was a consultant at the time, so I kind of had some flexibility in what I was, what I was doing, but, um, it was not meant for a family, but I, but the Lord just kind of kept putting it in my, in my mind, like just kept thinking about it. And, and so I, I sort of kept mentioning it in passing to my wife and she finally was like, why don't you just, why don't you just call them and like, see what they say? Because both of us expected that they would say no. Right. And, and so we call and say, Hey, listen, we just like, this has been coming up and we feel like the Lord has kind of given us this nudge and uh it doesn't seem like it's a good idea but you know we thought we'd just do our due diligence and they were like oh yeah we could absolutely accommodate you guys and we're like uh what <laughs> um, no 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 that wasn't the answer we were looking for we really <laughs> wanted you to say no could you i'll call back say no again exactly. yeah so so i i i uh i talk i told brianna and she's like are you serious that's that's crazy and so then they invited us to come down there for a weekend and, and meet them and Wow. And so we went to check it out and we're like, what is happening? And so the funny, this is a funny story. So we go there and we're having dinner with this couple who's kind of our host couple and end up being our, our, uh, our community, uh, leaders. And I'm having the best time. I'm like, I'm sitting in this RV. I'm like, man, this is exciting. This is great. I love this place. These people are cool. Uh, meanwhile, we have an 18 month old daughter who is just going nuts in the house in the rv and like nearly breaking things and i'm totally oblivious to the fact that my wife is next to me like having a panic attack like what is happening this is too much i'm overwhelmed my daughter is is tearing up this place where are we what is god doing and so we leave and get in the car and i'm like i'm jazzed i'm like man this is so cool <laughs> and my wife just starts crying <laughs> and, and and i was like oh man what a what a what a what a dummy oh um, yeah to not to not pay attention to we've to all that, been there but, man we have all yeah. been there like today i think yeah. i was there today <laughs> wow yeah. so so like we leave that and 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 kind of as things continue we're we're in church and we're going to sunday school and we're reading the word and and everything was was confirming like you need to go like every, like oh. it was just like in in the face it's both a good of moment. us could, could not uh deny it and i think that's that's what I would say of, of, of a calling that the Lord gives you is like, you can, you can fight against it. You can be like Jonah, but yeah. he's going to come and get, he's going to come yeah. and get you. Yeah. Um, and, and you will do it. So, um, 
that's the way calling works. The Lord is sovereign wow. in that. So, wow. Um, wow. So, okay. So, so when did you, cause I remember seeing the pictures online of you living in an RV. So like with your kids. Um, and so, so share, so, okay. So share what happened next. Kind of, okay. You guys came back, you, you ended up doing the four month thing right we is did. that correct okay so, yeah so the first thing we did was uh put our house on the market and of course i thought you know well since the lord is calling us to to do this like <laughs> we're gonna our, the house is gonna sell quickly and yep. also it's gonna sell for above asking price because like that's just makes All sense these like temporal well, affirmations yeah, yeah. Of the spirit's moving and sure. god has different plans doesn't he yeah, yeah, and so that's not what happened. Our house was on the market for 11 months, and we lost oh. a lot of money on it. Oh. Uh, you know, kind of built it in the height of the boom and sold it in the bust, you know, and so that's the, that's the way things are out here. But that was just another one of those um, steps that the Lord asked us to take. Like, I want you to trust me in this, and I know this doesn't make sense financially in a lot of ways, but you just need to trust me to provide for you. Yeah. Um, and so we, we put the house in the market and we bought an RV and we moved in the RV down to Austin for four months at the community first village. Um, we, in the meantime, were selling pretty much everything else that we owned. We really, at that time did not know what the Lord was going to ask of us. We thought that it might be to come back and build one in Midland. That's what we wanted to do. But the way things were going, it was just like, man, he might call us anywhere at this point. You know, we might go to Austin and meet some people and they want us to come help them start a village in, you know, Seattle. I don't know. It could be anything. So we were yeah. just kind of flying by the seat of our pants in a lot of ways. Uh, our families were pretty concerned about those decisions, I will say. Um, yep. And right, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm a dad, too. And. And looking back, I can see that the the concern they had for me was yeah. was legitimate. Uh, I didn't handle it well, I'll say, um, and had to repent for that in some ways. But anyway. well, and what, what I find is when we follow God, often it seems absolutely crazy to the people around us and yeah. people that love us. And that's why, like you said, the calling has to be so in your heart and in your mind. Like there's yeah. nothing else we can do. Yeah, yeah, inescapable. That's a good word. And uh, because, uh, like, people that love us are like, you guys are crazy. And you're like, yeah. yes, but my God's a big God. And if he's calling it and he's willing it, yeah. he's going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Beyond yeah, the romantic, you know? Well, and somebody told me one time, like, and, and I wouldn't say this is the best piece of advice, but it is something to consider. Like, if you feel like you have a calling on your life, that if there's anything else that you could conceivably do, it's like you should almost, like, run the trap to, to to get to the dead end almost if that right. makes sense not, like like just to, I, I mean and I'm, I'm again coming from this kind of skeptical position like it's hard for me to to just boldly jump out and trust the lord into something so unknown yeah. and uh well my i think point being that that like when if you were to go and pursue anything beyond your calling like the lord is going to let you know <laughs> he's going to yeah, come after yeah. you and he's, he's not going to let you shake it and he's going to pursue you. And if it's what he wants you to do, you're going to do it. So, and, and I, I completely agree with that. And it, often it's, it's a hidden idol that we have that's calling us or thinking that we have another option. And it's this moment yeah. that on this journey, God says, 
you can pursue that idol, but I'm going to ask you to lay that down at some point. And uh, that's when things get really beautiful. Um, so homelessness is obviously, it's a multifaceted thing. It's not just a roof over your head. There's other things that are, are, are um, haunting families, and there's other um, cyclical things that are kind of, you know, will show up again and again. So how do you guys address some of that stuff besides just giving a roof and providing space for them? Which, yeah. I, if I... Looking at your picture, you are in one of the tiny houses, correct? Yeah, we will be. We haven't moved in yet, but we, uh, we're we going to be moving into one ourselves. And I'm actually sitting in our model house right now. This is one that we built early on to show people what we were going to try to build. Um, it's actually on a trailer, and we towed it around to churches and stuff just to cast the vision because it was yeah, such yeah. a u- unique thing to try to tell people what we were going to do. Every time we said... We want to do a, a village for homeless people. They thought blue tarps and trash can fires. Right. And like, no, 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 no. Not, <laughs> not what we're doing at all. So that, that we had to kind of paint the picture for people. But uh, I, 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 got, I got sidetracked on your question for a second. <laughs> what, were you, what were you asking? No, no, no. no. Um, well, homeless, it, it's, also, it, it's oh, multifaceted. No, the issues and challenges okay. that homeless people deal is multifaceted. And so it could be some addiction yeah. issues. It could be some um, cyclical yeah. abuse issues um, and just financial you know, wisdom kind of stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, like how, how, what do you guys do in those situations as well? Well, so, so for us, yeah, those, we see those triggers to homelessness, like loss of job and addiction and mental health and all those things. Those are real issues that we do have to address. And we do provide supportive services to address those needs, like, mm-hmm. you know, counseling and physical health, mental health care. We have a clinic out here that we're, we're uh, partnering with Texas tech to bring people out to staff. Wow. Pretty, pretty regularly to provide those, those needed services. We're working with some addiction recovery people uh, as well. Um, but for us, you know, as, as our heart is, is definitely uh, that they would know Christ. I mean, the, the, the thought for us is if, if we can lead somebody to Jesus and they have a radical heart transformation, born again, um, you know, that our work is so much more downhill than it is if we're working with somebody who, you know, has, has a stony heart and we're trying to get them to conform to, you know, some kind of a moral standard and, and yeah. a way of life. So if that's coming from the heart level, that's so much better. And of course, our greatest concern for the people that we serve is that they would, would be saved and know the Lord and, and be with him forever. Uh, know his forgiveness and his grace. So our our focus as an organization in everything is to get down down to the gospel um, and let that steer everything we're doing. Um, for that to be central in all of our supportive services, and then for anything else we do to kind of be tertiary. Um, yeah. We part partner with people who specialize in in mental health care and in addiction and those things but that's we're 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 here for ministry that's that's our our place our role uh to be neighbors to love them uh to to lead them to christ and uh and then to to provide these other services you know a lot from the outside so let me so let me ask you this question then um as as you do this let's say there's a guy or a, a 
a wife or someone who's listening to this and, and their heart is like captured by this and like, man, that is that resonates with something that God's put on my heart. What are some simple things they can do to get involved with you guys? How do they reach out to you guys? How do they maybe support you financially in this process? If let's say they are the ones that made the million bucks and they're they're just like, man, I got all this money and I just need something to make a difference. Yeah. What would you say to them to get involved either financially or like boots on the ground, um, you know, with you guys? Yeah. How can they get involved? For us, uh, you know, our our heart for people to get involved with us is is that they would be involved with their time, their talent, and their treasure. Like those, that's, mm. that's the key. We don't, we don't just want your money. We don't like, that's not what we're about. We want you and we want your heart. We want your involvement. We need your gifts. Like this is where the body of Christ is so necessary because it's so multifaceted. Um, so we do need those boots on the ground. Of course we need finances to operate. Um, and if people do want to give, they can give on our website at www.thefieldsedge.org. Um, and that's, that's the best way, but we have ways to get involved in so many different places, um, in, in a relational context. If your heart is just like, I want to be someone's friend, that's huge for us. We need that. Just show up, take, take people to lunch, take people to the doctor, hang out, just be somebody, somebody's friend. That's, that's Mm. huge. Uh, if that's, if that's not necessarily your bent, uh, we have positions for like, uh, an entrepreneurship committee that we're putting together. We have, wow. uh, we have landscaping needs. I mean, like any gift that you've been given, there's a place for it to be put to work out here. Um, and all the way up to what we call our missional community, which this is a huge one. Um, what, what that is in every group of 10 houses, um, basically we've got 23 acres. We're building a hundred tiny homes. Um, wow, that's cool. 90 of 90 of them are for people who are considered chronically homeless. That just means they've been homeless for at least a year in Midland. They're unaccompanied. They don't have any kids um, and they're living in a place not meant for human habitation. But the other 10 houses are uh, what we call missional homes. So you can imagine that they're arranged in these circles. Um, all the homes face each other. They all have front porches. Um, there's a common bath, kitchen, and laundry facility that we built that way to facilitate interaction. So you actually don't have a bathroom and kitchen in your house. Um, and so in each one of those pods, there's a home that is for somebody to live there on purpose to be a community builder. So mm, that's what that's my cool. family and I are going to be doing in this first phase. So basically, we're we're city missionaries to the homeless. And that's what we're going to be needing nine more of in the future. So uh, you may be called to live out here with us and be missional residents. Be bold. Be bold, man. Be bold. The need, the harvest is plentiful, man. The workers are few. Thank you for being one of those workers and for being bold and following yeah, God yeah. in such a, 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 a unique but powerful way. You know, I noticed a few weeks ago, and so when was the actual, so there was groundbreaking, but then it was the actual opening ceremony. I mean, and it was already going, but when was the grand opening uh, a few weeks ago, correct? We, we did, we did the grand opening on August the 4th, and we'd, we'd anticipated having all the houses finished, everything done, people moving in the next week, but then construction schedule and all the fun supply chain things happened, and that yeah. did not happen. So uh, we, we, op- we did our grand opening, and we're finishing up the tiny home construction, and we should be moving people in within the next month. God That's bless amazing. You, man. That's so cool. So I love and it. I love it's it. cool because – all the houses are spoken for. We got to come out here and let the people pick their home, which was really cool. All, That's our, so our cool. Whole deal, our whole mission is about empowerment, um, 
you know, giving somebody the opportunity to see that they have gifts and empowering them to put them to work. Yeah. Um, and then just dignity. We think that offering choice, like getting to pick your house yeah. is a measure of dignity. And it speaks to the fact that every human being is created in the image of God and we ought to treat them that way. So that's, that's who we are and what we're doing. And my final question for you, more, more of you get man, my final question for you is this, when did you start growing the beard? Cause it is beautiful. Well, uh, the story behind the beard is that in <laughs> high school and college, uh, I, I had to shave it almost, most days twice a day wow. because they were so strict in my dress code. And after I was let loose from that, I said, I'm never shaving again. And That's my so man. I, I, think, I think that uh, I shaved it once during COVID uh, back when I thought that I had to wear like a respirator when I was running around on the street. Right. Um, and I had a mustache that my wife hated. More than anything, and um, and and never again. My kids, my kids do not want me to to ever not have a beard. So that's amazing. I love it, dude. It's, but this if the Lord a... called me to shave it off, I guess I <laughs> there you go. I, I could see go. his obedience there. I don't think God is that mean. No, and so. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, dude. Listen, this has been awesome. And you know, before we go, because we're gonna have you on again, because I want to definitely wanna I want an update. I want an update. We're gonna have an update yeah. in a few months. We'll we'll try to get you back on quick. But I, I do have a couple of questions that we that we ask all of our people. They're called Fast Five. Oh. I don't know if you saw them on the. There they are. Oh yeah, um, I did. I okay, got, good. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, good. So first one question: What would you have for your last meal? Mm, well, I, uh, I I started the menu with buttered popcorn and that might sound weird but i really love popcorn it's my favorite snack that's awesome um i had a a procedure a couple months ago and they i was coming out of the anesthesia and they asked me what i wanted i said buttered popcorn so that would be number one um (laughs) that's awesome the the rest is the rest is pretty traditional i'm a steak guy i love steak so i have a big old fat ribeye um and uh, definitely, definitely finish it off with some ice cream. That's that's hallelujah totally necessary. That's worship. Okay, so I got to ask though. Everyone has their special way of making popcorn. What's your special way? I use bacon grease. What do you use? Ooh, bacon that's a good grease. one to try. Sounds uh, amazing. We, we we do right now. We use uh, just like olive oil in the microwave and like regular fresh butter is kind of our method. Bacon but, grease. Uh, yeah. The I'm smoke point of bacon out, grease is about the same point of the the kernels popping. So it gives a little little smokiness to it. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to save my I'll bacon do- grease I'll now. I'll be doing that this afternoon. You, you, might, the, you might set your house on fire, but, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it if it's a good popcorn. If All he right, does sorry. set it on fire, he has one that he can go <laughs> yeah, into right go, now. You and you're like, honey, it's worth it. It was worth trying. <laughs> when so. the update comes on. So the last time we talked, my house burned down. <laughs> because you're an idiot, Travis, and you made me cook it with bacon grease. Okay, right. number Number two, Stranded Island. What's one album or musician you would want to listen to forever? Oh, man. Uh, I'm a huge deadhead, so you have to be the Grateful Dead. Wow. Nice. That's the first time we've had a deadhead. I know. I know. That's pretty awesome. Wow. That's pretty cool. Trucking. I got my patent. Anyways, I don't know the lyrics, but I know the songs. You got your what? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it, Kyle. Go back to your technology. Move, moving on to number three, <laughs> Guilty Pleasure. What's your Guilty Pleasure? Um, well, I do enjoy, I do enjoy pipe. Uh, I'm a pipe guy. Okay. Um, I'm a scotch guy. I really, I'm a big, I like, like having a nice glass of scotch. Uh, a man after I, my I, own heart. I really, but I really, I really don't have any guilt about those things. I feel really <laughs> no, free. Exactly. <laughs> they don't have to be riddled with guilt, but you knew what I meant when I asked the question, guilty pleasure. So that's good. Okay. Number, th- number four, what's one word your wife would use to describe you? Mm. 
Um, definitely goofy. I'm a, I'm just a goofy dude. Um, I try to I try to keep it light. Um, I try to be optimistic. Um, mm. And so yeah, I, I I I like to be pretty goofy. I'd say that'd be a good one for me. Awesome, awesome. Okay, how do you want to be remembered when you die? Mm. Mm. That's a great question. Um, well, I mean, thinking about that in the context of my kids, like I, I just want, I want them to see that I desperately needed Jesus um, mm. and that I was totally dependent on him. I want them to see that. Um, I want them to see me as the chief repenter in our house. Mm. Um and, and so as, as that translates into like my legacy, um, yeah, I just want people, I want people to see, um, that I'm not perfect, that, um, that I have, that I, that I sin, that I make mistakes, that I fumble and do a lot of things that, you know, just aren't great. Um, but that the Lord used me and that, um, that even in, in the obedience that I had to the Lord, that, that, uh, he is so faithful even when we're not. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. just, I guess what I'd like to, for people to see is faithfulness. That's awesome. Love it. Love awesome. it. Man, then, it has been a blessing well, to have you. Oh, oh there's a bonus. Oh, what a bonus biblical question. character would you want to have lunch with? Who's not Jesus. Oh man, I thought about this one. Uh, so I've been reading through, uh, chronologically. I do that every year and, uh, just got out of, uh, of Elijah and man, um, I would want to eat with him for several reasons. One, because I, I sort of identify with him in a lot mm. of ways that like I, I pretty regularly have to be a wet blanket and deliver bad news to people. Mm. And that's, that's kind of hard. Um, but mm. I think I would want to get lunch with Elijah, uh, or yeah, to, uh, to, to like encourage him like, Hey man, hang in there. You can, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. You. And here's some here's some delicious Chick Fil A, and let's let's keep on going because that's what I want for him to do for me. That's so. awesome. I want to hang out with you. I desperately want to hang out with you. We need to get out there and uh, do a tour. We need to do a tour. It'd be really really cool to it get out be there cool. and be a part of it. John Mark, thank you so much for being on today. Again, you can check him out the Fields Edge dot org and so so check that out if you're uh, close to the west texas area get get involved over there make a difference uh, have a conversation but what i love about this is john mark which is a normal dude who god got a hold of his heart and changed everything and so bank some bold steps yeah and so so it's not beyond anybody and that's what i love about it dude you're you're a rock star and i'm grateful that you're a part of this thank you for being a part of today i hope you have a good rest of the day, and we are grateful to have you on today. Guys, check us out at uh, uh, knownlegacy.org, Instagram, knownlegacy, all the, all the places. Like, like us on YouTube, and uh, thank you so much for listening today. Travis, you got anything? No, thank you guys very much. Info at Known Legacy, if you got any questions, if you want to reach out to him, uh, you can get there from us. Yep. And uh, we appreciate it. So thank you guys. Remember, each one of us is being called to be bold somehow, some yes. way within our own lives. So never doubt that. God have a great week. See you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So email us your questions or comments to info at knownlegacy.org.